Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Welcome to episode 209 of the Rusty Quill Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Alex Newell, and with me today I have... Ben Meredith, Bryn Monroe, Lydia Nicholas, and Helen Gould. And who are you playing? Zolf Smith, Hamid Salah Haroon Al-Tahan, Zell Saipadam, and Azu. And we've had a little longer than the audience to get over stuff, so how are we all feeling at this end of the room? How's everyone doing? Yeah, whatever, it's fine. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Confused. <laughs> Nothing traumatic happened recently. Did it? No idea. No idea what's coming. Grand and joyous. So, uh, to do our increasingly redundant recaps, we are in London, currently in a ever so slightly compromised bunker, and there's been an attack where we lost a lot of people. But technically, you can still save the world, so there's that. With that in mind, I'd quite like to pick up pretty much exactly where we left off, if that's okay which is, at the moment, Lovelace is having a sort of quiet, murmured conversation with Babbage in one corner of the room. I'm going to go ahead and say that people have been polite enough to give a little bit of space there. As a result, you all have moments breathing space with Wild, Skrark, and I believe that's everyone in the room. Yeah, that's the survivors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I'm used to a lot longer list, so a lot of my tables have gotten a bit shorter, but yeah. You all have a few moments of respite while that side conversation's going on between NPCs, which no, I will not RP, because you're affording them privacy. So let them have the privacy. What now? Well, I guess we wait for the technical people to sort out, you've got to fix that whatever, and then we'll go. Yes, yes, that is a thing. I can do the thing. Thank you. Purpose, yes, good. Glorious, love it. Going. 
Do we still need to search the, for Professor? No. As a piece of context, I will give, at no point during the fight did that hiss of gas stop. That room was still full of gas when you came inside. He can teleport. He could literally be anywhere. Well, you can't teleport in and out of this building, allegedly. Yeah, well, apparently it was safe as well. It's true. I trust Einstein enough to have made the right decision and gotten himself out. Before all this kicked off, we basically scoured the facility, all right? So I don't know if he's out doing something or whatever, but... Okay. Yeah, we're not going to do anything. And to be quite honest and quite brutal, that is a waste of time. Okay. Also, you know, we'll probably just pass out again if we go out there, so we can't. Ah, well, yeah. Sorry, I... My memory is Oh, old. I just, you don't... Cell is tinkering, but will not up me like... I don't actually think that I would if you want me to go alone. I don't think we should split up. I do not want to split us up. I think we need to go into the hole in the wall. Okay, yes. Sorry, my, my memory's all scrambled. Everything that happened before I woke up again is a bit hazy. Yeah, to my mind, it's fix the machine, make the machine portable, take the machine, finish this. Once we save the world, I will hunt down and destroy Barrett. But he's not important at the moment. He's done what he's done, he's played his hand, he's made his gambit, and he failed. Did he fail? I don't know what he went off to do. Well, the machine's fine. He ain't stolen anything. That seems important, yes. I, I remember... Hamid, you passed out. Yes. We were in the corridors, and it all went dark, and then some of us passed out and some of us didn't. Some kind of poisonous gas... I suppose, and then we were attacked by something very awful and horrible, made of knives and weird goo, and people got murdered by it. Yes, I I remember Tesla's body. It, was that Barrett or was that this creature? Probably this creature. It's the same puncture wounds, the same stabbing. For free, Azu, yeah. You are the one who did the heel check. Given how you saw this thing had certain, like, morphing capabilities and so on, that whole bite to the back of the neck thing, it's far, far, far more likely that whatever attacked you attacked Tesla than that it ever was Summit Neil or anything like that. So it's like, did Barrett let it in? Was that Barrett? We don't know. Okay, okay. And Zolt's right, it doesn't matter. We need to end this before it gets any worse. That makes sense, yeah. The original plan was that there'd be two teams, one in the location and one would remain here and do something simultaneously, but maybe we have to change that up a bit, given this is no longer safe. There is a gentle ding-ling-ling-ling-ling-ling-ling within the room, in a corner. What is that? Again, a ding-ling-ling-ling-ling. Ada, Ada. Lovelace cannot hear Lovelace's headphones on and has no idea of that. Cell goes over and taps Ada on the shoulder. Uh, uh, uh. Yes. What, There's what's... a ring. It seems like a signal, like a doorbell. What's that? There's another ding, ling, 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 ling. She looked quite confused. It's not your doorbell. Is everyone still inside? With that reaction, I'm going to go and look at whatever is doing it. I'm also going to look for it, yeah. In the corner, there's a, basically a series of bells that are labelled. There's only three. That would have been simpler. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Ada. Continue. <laughs> in fairness, they're in an innocuous place and they're kind of obscured by stuff and everything. Um, <laughs> one of them literally just says main door. One of them says internal pull. And then the other one says basically like alarm or whatever. And yeah, the main door one just again. Bing, 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 bing. How do you work this thing? Well, it's... It, 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 it has a magical component, but th th 
someone's at the front door. <laughs> yeah, probably. Shall I answer it? Can we answer it without going through the building? Does it have, like, message? There was that sending thing that they spoke to us with. Ah, there you go. I didn't remember that. I'm going to go back to tinkering over here. Lovelace looks really, really concerned. Who is an Einstein? Einstein, for goodness sake. Please let me... Tell me how to talk to this person. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay. Lovelace sort of runs over to that corner and starts pulling away, basically, what's effectively science trash. <laughs> <laughs> Before I do so, I will just address Cell's thing for a moment, which is I'm not going to require a roll to fix up that feedback mechanism. Mm-hmm. The hard roll was to find that there was the problem. We're in Pathfinder. You can just take 10. Your scores are that high. I don't need the roll. Cool, okay. The taking of ten will mean that Cell is fiddling and is, of course, double-checking. That is where they are. That is where their attention is until emergency hit. That's fine. Again, Lovelace opens a sort of hatch in the door. It's sort of like, you know those hatches you get for, like, fire hoses and so on? Mm -hmm. And pulls out what looks like a fire hose with effectively a funnel on the end instead of anything else. And then, hello? Hello? The bell rings again. Ding, 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 ding. She just kind of looks really nervously at everyone else. Is there any way to see out there? We can't see them from in here. Um, we, we can do this sort of communication, but... Uh, so that they can talk to us? Y- yes, but they're not. That does not sound good. All right, hang up then. Uh, yeah. She <laughs> she's kind of shocked. She's just like, ah, hangs up and then closes the door in a little bit. But like, ah, oh, go away. If it were someone we wanted to talk to, they'd probably bloody talk to us, wouldn't they? just means that... But we're compromised and they know where we are. Yes, exactly. Sorry, it's, it's, I've been down here a long time where that. Sorry. Yes, no, sorry. I imagine we're more used to these kind of situations. Yes, okay. it's probable that we have been completely compromised and that is a trick to try and get in or something like that. If it were Einstein or anyone we cared about, they would have talked to us. If they haven't... It rings again. Ding, 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 ding. Right, I'm going to rip the bell off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I don't need a strength strength. It just goes... But before you do, as you're reaching for it, it just starts to ring, like, almost off the hook. Just, like, as you're reaching out, it's just like... Absolutely rip that out. I also stamp on it for good measure. By the way, Alex, if this is you making it our fault that Einstein dies, very rude words at you. Very rude words indeed. (laughs) I was thinking that. Well, I'm... Okay, well, the, the, the likelihood of anyone penetrating this vault is is, is very low. Um, they will have a rude awakening if they try. <laughs> okay, that's good, but what that means is we need to make sure that we're ready to move as quickly as possible. We have a way out via that, and I'll point at the um, secret hatch that Hamid found. Ah, the ominous tunnel, yes. Yes, we're the only way out of this room. So we need to make sure that Babbage is good to move, that all the stuff is fixed, although, and I'll look over to Cell, like, they're dealing with that. We need to be prepared. We haven't got infinite time. We need to be prepared. Uh, yes, yes, okay, right. I'll, I'll need about five minutes. Lovelace runs over to the sort of Babbage setup and starts both connecting and disconnecting various elements to the main rig, as it were, and just seems kind of a little bit more focused than earlier, a little bit more, and has the headphones on and is talking with Babbage as she does so. It seems like they're sort of working the problem together simultaneously, even if you can only hear her side of it. In terms of the cell stuff, it takes all of two minutes for the fix. It really was just a, there are one million moving parts. Statistically, one of them's just going to be like, oh, that should be a one, not a zero. <laughs> it takes that long to fix, but then, you know, a life is dependent on this and potentially all life is dependent on this as well as a secondary thing. So there is some double checking going on. <laughs> Naturally. 
you're 100% certain you've dealt with it. It really wasn't actually that difficult thing. This is an omission based on just how much is going on. I can't be more explicit of how certain you are. You've checked it about 13 times. It's all good. It's all good. Just stepping out of character for a second. We all healed up, didn't we? I'm a couple of hit points down from full. Okay. You did do a triage session after the fight. Yeah, we blasted some healing, got ourselves good. We did some healing, but it just wasn't quite enough. But that, like, literally three points down from full. Okay, cool. It was kind of decided it wasn't worth a heal at that point. Definitely a waste of a spell, I think. (laughs) If I die by one hit point, Ben, I will haunt you. (laughs) I mean, hey, that's how the dice roll. It's fine, you've got loads of hit points. Should have had more hit points. (laughs) (laughs) Should have fundamentally changed your character build. Absolutely, you shouldn't have played the class you're playing. (laughs) (laughs) I hate it. All right, okay. At which point, I'd say after a few moments, Lovelace sort of comes over and she's like, everything's uh, set. We'll need to uh, make sure that this... The main device is is going to be dormant now until until the moment. Uh, The the thing to protect right now is is, uh, the Babbage Array. So, obviously, that needs to, to go with you, but in terms of the rest of this, um, we're still technically secure. We'd know if anyone had reached the main door. My concerns aside, I, I think we're ready. OK, this place as well needs to be kept clear, right? Or can we ignore it? Is it done now? Lovelace looks really, really awkward for a moment. Can I get a sense motive from everyone? Oh, dice. Yes. Oh, uh, natural 20, 28. Hey, hey. Start how you mean to go on. I bloody hope so 17 okie doke 21 <laughs> roll the 16 but sense motive is flat plus 2 and that's only because of the extra special thing on Cell's head the, the new goodie <laughs> so 18 congratulations Ben I'd like to afford you an insight that uh, rarely rarely makes it through but here we are it's as simple as Clearly she feels a little bit unsure of herself by virtue of the unfindable place has been found, the unbreachable building has been breached. That said, there's something extra there. She looks a little bit sheepish. Not like she's done an enormous sin, but like she's reticent to share something that you think is definitely relevant. Lovelace, what's wrong? Well, nothing's wrong. Um, I may have taken it upon myself to add a few extra protections without the other's knowledge. They really were quite focused on the work, but I thought it best to... um, if anyone enters there and then I want them to be alive, I can make that happen at least once. Okay. Remotely? or uh, From in here, yes. Okay. And th- this place is important. We need to keep it up. Uh, yes, I just... I didn't realise I was quite so good at killing things. Yeah, well, hopefully it's a skill you're not going to have to use for much longer. But right now it's probably the best skill you can have. Right. We need to leave somebody here. I wouldn't be able to go with you anyway. I have to stay and monitor the equipment. Okay. Just for the record, it's a good thing that you did the extra protection things. Don't feel bad about that, because now we need them. <laughs> uh. Solf just, like, waves his arms around and sort of are like, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, don't go back into the main area without telling me. That would be a very bad thing to do now. We're, we're going out that way, pointing towards the secret hole. Oh, yes. Uh, speak, <laughs> speak, speaking of, she kind speaking of Speaking of the dark secret hole. <laughs> she, she looks at the ominous tunnel again as if, like, she hasn't noticed it because there's been that much going on. Yes, I, I am afraid I have nothing useful for you in terms of what's down there. Um, I, I swear to you, I didn't know it was there. I don't, th- I don't even think uh, Babbage didn't know about it. I guess we should try and seal it up behind us when we leave. Um, that shouldn't be too difficult. There's an adamantine gate a little further down. I, I did a little bit of a poke around. It should be easy enough to pick. Oh, 
expensive gate, cheap lock. But um, yeah, we can close it behind us at least. Uh, I mean, if it's simple enough to just pick the lock, then what stops someone doing the same from the other side? I'm going to pull the walls in. That'd do it. That seems like a good idea. Okay. Can you break the lock with metal? I mean, I, I could probably break the... I'm going to surround the gate with stone, jamming up the lock, and also creating effectively a reinforced stone wall. That's a good building material. That's a, that's a proper good solution. I like that. Yes. I feel it worth asking, could you potentially do that for huge chunks of London? Because that would make our job much easier. <laughs> How many adamantine gates have you got? One. Oh, I just meant more like if you could do it for like the entirety of like the city. No, no, it's because it's a small passage. It's fine. We have a plan. We are going to do the plan. We've discussed the plan. Now let's move on. Ada, once we're out there, will we have any way to communicate with you? How will we know to coordinate our activities with yours? Oh, basically, we, we've piggybacked a communication system into the connection between uh, the Babbage array and the main array. So you'll have to be speaking through Babbage. Great. But we've already sort of planned for that. Just don't... To be blunt, if you, if you lose Babbage, that's going to be the least of your problems. Fantastic. All right. Azu's going to go and look at the hole. She's looking at it to try and estimate how big it is and whether it is going to be scary for her or not. You are going to need to stoop slightly. Oh. But you're going to need to stoop slightly because Azu is big. Yeah. And this is built for humanoid creatures. To, I tell you what, give me a perception check and I'll, I'll see how much extra stuff I can give you because I, I know the kind of thing you're looking at. 24 on perception. 24, cool. The evil part of me wants to go, yeah, it's a modified badger hole. No. <laughs> so it's... Effectively, it's slightly crudely worked given that it fronts into a major lab. And as you sort of stand in the doorway and look around, you see there's a certain element of mechanism on the back of the door for naturally, like, it being a secret door. And it also looks like it's got some kind of sealants and things. It's not your thing. Fancy door. But slightly further down the tunnel, you can see that it's not heavily worked stone. And it's definitely built with humanoids in mind. But you get the impression it's built for, like, you know, a tall human in mind, not a tall Azu in mind. Mm. Which means that you're going to have a little bit of a stoop. The gate is just visible at the edge of your dark vision down the tunnel. The tunnel is leading comparatively steeply down. We're not talking like you're in danger of falling or anything, but it has got a very clear downward slant. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit windy, but you can see down to the edge of your dark vision. It's too difficult to see whether it will suddenly get smaller, but from a logic perspective, why would you make it like this here to then go like an inch wide later, if you see what I mean? So that's as much as I can give you. Okay. Azu is not entirely reassured, but knows what to expect now and will return to the group. Should someone stay here to help Ada? Yeah, Ada, do you need extra protection? You said you can do this once. What if they try again? She takes a moment and gives it some proper thought. I don't think it would make a difference. Um, If something makes it through that door, I'm suspecting a lot of things will make it through that door. More than... You're all capable, but I don't think if... If London comes through that door, I don't think you're going to be able to keep it away. And you literally couldn't stand on the other side of the door to defend it without compromising the systems I've put in place. Um, I know it feels a bit all or nothing, but... Because it is. It's sort of an all or nothing at this end, I think. Right. And even if we were here, the chance that we could defend it without any damage to everything... This is my point. In which case, it sounds like the best thing we can do is give you as much time as possible, which means we need to get moving. I agree. Okay. Right. Wild, are you coming? 
So Wilde's been sort of deliberately a little bit back from all of this. He seems slightly more preoccupied with the bodies that are sort of laid to rest in the corner. You know, you cheated them, etc. He's been a little bit preoccupied there. Yeah. Tell you what, you can get a free one, Zolf. Can you get an insight check? I mean, sense motive. It's 20. Unnatural. I mean, it's... It's almost an arbitrary check at that point. It's a that's hitting very close for home for someone who has been dead recently, yeah, and then was told I just brought you back again. He doesn't seem fully compromised, but he's certainly a little distracted by them. Uh, yes, no, of course. Um, we should go. The sooner we start, the sooner it's done. The sooner it's done, the sooner we can deal with what happens next. I have a nice drink. <laughs> mm. Actually, I'm going to Lovelace. If I was to put a, a large illusion between the array and the door, is that going to interfere with anything? Uh, no. Fantastic. So that you all know, I'm basically going to do an illusion of the machine's already dead, and I'm going to set it to last, basically, in the hopes that it might buy at least a little bit of time someone opens the door, you know, they see, ah, etc. Sensible. Good idea. I'll just be a moment. He starts sort of humming under his breath and then starts to basically his casting, at which point you start to see an illusion take shape across the width of the room, a few feet beyond the door. Obviously, these things get warped a little bit from your side of things, but it appears to be an illusion of the room has been destroyed, like something has come in and like destroyed the array. There's a few unfortunately accurate bodies strewn around the place as detail as well. Oh, dear. Aww. He finishes up and turns around and goes, well... For all the good it'll do, we'll see if it's uh, relevant. It might even expire before they come in, but... It's something. Anyway, Babbage, is it rucksack, cart? What are we having to use? Lovelace, again. Oh, it's, it's, it's all backpacked. I'd say you should have free movement, just don't jump off anything high. Yeah, all right. Can I ask, would the backpack interfere with wings? Yes. I will take it. I will take the ring to Mordor. Cell looks like, you know, it's the right decision, but like Cell wants the science brain backpack. <laughs> but like, it is the right decision. There's not even like a twinge of, it doesn't look like they're going to disagree. It just looks like something inside them. Maybe it would be better for Oscar to carry it. He can stay further away from any danger that we encounter. I'm better at carrying heavy loads. Okay. It won't get in the way. Out of character, because I'm a dwarf, they can't become encumbered. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, from a mechanical standpoint, we could basically balance a building on your shoulders and you're just going to plod on anyway. Mm. <laughs> no, I think the GM at that point can make a ruling, but yes, if you ever wanted to... <laughs> I rule that we can balance a building on your shoulders and you can plod on regardless, because it's convenient for me. You can't be medium or heavy encumbered, you can still be over-encumbered. Ah, there you go. You're fine. You'll have free movement. You'll be fine. I can also levitate, which is important for like, falling down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, for the sake of your own knowledge, mechanically, there is one thing that would be obvious to your character, which is you'll be taking a penalty to acrobatics checks specifically. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> no. That thing dissolves us all the time. Yeah. Exactly. Not my bonus of one. <laughs> the alternative being wild is just because non-melee character can stay far back, whereas Zolf is a melee character who won't. I will give you the slight light nod of it will be easier if it's Zolf and I don't even mean that from a like evil GMing side it's just Wild has many things but a strength score he does not no that's fair it's totally fair <laughs> I also have a reach weapon yes true yeah, yeah and like yeah like Azu is stronger but Azu gets deep in fights yeah yeah and also much more likely to fall over <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I'm seeing my timer running here, and I'm thinking that what we'd all benefit from is an extended discussion of backpack logistics. Yeah. You know, like what we're putting in what pockets, where you put your heavy load, etc. So I think I might take a break to just really dig into our inventory yeah. management. Yeah, I think. And should. then come back in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Great. Yes. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so that is why it's really essential that you put the weight actually in the centre of the pack, not at the very, very bottom, right. because it leads to a balance issue. Yeah, no, no, fair, so enough, fair enough. It's lever principle. Exactly, exactly. Cool. I mean, all the algebra, you've gone through it in a lot of detail, and I think I begin to understand it. Yeah. Trigonometry is useful in your day-to-day. It just is. I mean, the Coursera course felt like a bit much, but we're all up to speed now. <laughs> No one ever suffered from knowing how a carabiner works. Okay? It's all it's all important stuff. We go down the hole. <laughs> Thank you. Wah, wah. Enter the hole. Can I please get what I am going to treat as your default marching orders? So I need to know basically if you were in single file, what that line looks like, that's all. Azu is gonna want to go in front of Zolf. Because, like, she knows that Zolf can protect himself. She wants an extra layer of defence because Babbage is on Zolf. Also, I can poke past you with my reach weapon so we can both threaten the same space. Yeah, just, like, under me arm. Yeah, I mean, that's a battle line. <laughs> yeah. I figure Skrark is at the front because of the whole scouting thing. Yep, that was my assumption. 
So I've got Skrark, Azu, and then after that point, Azolf is allowed, but I'll leave it up to other people. Yeah, I was going to think that it makes sense for Cell to go behind Zolf because can throw bombs past, but obviously a lot of their distant spells and stuff have issues at a longer range, whereas Hamid's don't. Cool. That makes sense. I've So far, I've got a Skrark, Azu, Zolf, Cell, which leaves me a Wild and a Hamid. Hamid will be at the back. We're so far apart. I know. I was thinking the same thing. So yeah. unusual. <laughs> I don't like it, but it's necessary. Is it like, does Hamid cast a sneaky message before they go out and so they can, like, keep chatting? I quite like the idea that he does full-blown travel misses, even though there are only five people away. Dearest Azu, I find myself at the back of the group and I'm considering my life as I do so. Hamid and Azu in a magical WhatsApp group chat. Dearest Azu, did you see that left turn? I haven't seen anything like that in at least ten minutes. Occasionally they just giggle together, everyone else is like not in the loop. What are you laughing at? Which is one of your bloody in-jokes, isn't it? With your stupid chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you approach the gate, and can I get a perception check from everyone, please? Because I'm assuming that you are actually going to take a time to have a quick look at it. It's not like it's stood ajar or anything. 31. 18 for Hamid, 21 for Skrark. It's a 15 on perception. Ooh, I got a four. Ooh, natural one. Ooh. Okay, cool. Zolf, then? Yeah. It's an adamantine gate. It's been well fitted to the tunnel. You reckon it's like properly anchored deep. Tearing the gate out, you're basically just going to tear the entire tunnel down anyway. Good stuff. Although you do also notice that there is a small, comparatively unobtrusive, like, panel up top. It's not an elaborate gate. So, you know, like for Svalbard, you had these big elaborate things. This is a thing that is designed to stop people getting past and nothing more. But it, you can still see through it. That's the only difference between that and the vault. Mm-hmm. But there is a panel up top middle, you know, normally where you'd have like a name tag or an identifier or something. And it looks like you could pull it across to reveal something on the other side. I will point it out to Skrark. Yeah, on it. Skrark climbs up easily and starts poking around. Nah, it's just a thing. What is the thing? He pulls it open. Uh, one sec. Transport for London. <laughs> <laughs> Staff only beyond this point. So Skrark just pulls out what looked like a strip of parchment or something that's been put in there and then just reads, uh, Apologies for the deception. You oh! It was necessary, <laughs> Nicola. That's it. Do you think he was actually dead or was that an illusion? Is that what that's talking about? We can't go back and check. Was Nicola the lightning? Well, presumably it just means he was aware of this whole tunnel and didn't tell anyone else about it. That seems strange. Well, it looks like they're all at it. We got, you know... Scott goes, oh, wait! He turns over the parchment. No, no, it's just that. (laughs) I am writing this from Rome. (laughs) (laughs) Find me at the castle. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like everyone had their own little extra bits of this plan but it doesn't matter now give me two seconds with this lock it's um yeah you know when someone's trying too hard and they end up making it easy yes while Scrooge's guy i think cell will tell a story of how they were creating a bank vault door and it's unlocked now that entire section was in real time it's unlocked now <laughs> and, and in the end oh everyone's got wait i'm supposed to be forthcoming i'm gonna hang back because obviously we can freely move through each other's spaces because I'm going to close it off behind us. <laughs> when I am on my own, like close the gate and I cast uh, one use of stone shape. How wide is this corridor? I'm assuming five foot. 
Funnily enough, it is five foot wide because that makes life easy. And how tall is it? About six foot? Now, here's the thing. Mechanically, it's five foot tall because vertical space in D&D is weird. What it's actually is closer to six because we all make this weird fudge and no one acknowledges it. (laughs) Yeah, Okay. so I can do 21 cubic feet, which means with the gate in the middle of this, I can go... 10 foot one way and 10 foot the other way. I can make a 20 foot wall with an adamantine gate in the middle. To make life nice and straightforward, you have mechanically thwomped the gate. The tunnel has thwomped. Uh, Bryn shook his head. Bryn, how much am I actually creating? Assuming that the volume of the gate accounts for some of it, you can essentially create a 5 foot by 5 foot by 1 foot. That's 25 cubic feet. Oh, yes. You can fill the available space to a thickness of 1 foot. You have encased the gate in stone. Yeah. That is sufficient for your needs. If you have something that can punch through yeah, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's adamantine gate in a foot of stone, I wouldn't try and do more. And I make sure that I mash some stone as much as I can. You can't do, like, fine manipulation, but as much into the lock as possible to make sure that, that mechanism is truly, truly mucked up. Oh, it's never going to open again. Don't worry about that. Fine. Cool. Done. Azu is visibly a bit more uncomfortable now that the only way out is blocked. For what it's worth, unfortunately, the second it closes, the air goes very still. There was an airflow of type, and it just sort of whoomph, goes very, very still. Cell's continuing the story. So the, the way the sparks actually ended up cancelling out the... Cell, sorry, oh. we're going to have to be quiet. Right, sorry. Just because of, you know, stealth and that. But basically, all the gold was gone. <laughs> Scrock sets off. Hamid walks up to Azu and just gives a couple of squeezes of her hand and then drops back to his marching position. Azu reciprocates. I'm assuming someone's casting something for light for the people that can't see in the dark. We've all got night vision goggles or night vision. Oh, good. Did you equip Good. Us? I knew I'd equipped you and I was sat there going, why have I not... <laughs> you haven't all got dark vision. Why have I done this? That's a thing. Uh, it's fine. Cool. So... I'm going to, for the sake of stylistics, say that your goggles of the night don't offer true colour. They offer shades of red. Creepy. Oh, ominous. Love it. Because that's creepier. Yeah. We're going for shades of red and that slightly flat quality so that when one of the creatures of signs or something walks across a tunnel, it kind of pops, you know? Just so you know, obviously, I think same for Azu, I think. We have natural dark vision, which means it's actually black and white and we do get depth perception. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. This is for the night goggle gang. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. Uh, Cell's actually tweaked theirs on an aesthetic level, so it looks more spooky. <laughs> <laughs> is it like a pointless HUD and like a heartbeat monitor that doesn't hook up yeah, to anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it keeps accelerating. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those like waves where it feels like it's increasing, but it's not. It's because Cell is so excited by the display. Cell has an incredible career in immersive theatre when this is Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you all start the, down the tunnel. It starts to shift down even more precipitously temporarily, then very suddenly levels out. Like the tunnel has almost a kink to it. It's not very well made. Don't kink shame the tunnel. <laughs> Someone has done a bodge job and it becomes clear why, because as it levels you enter into what might once have been worked stone. However, it is in disrepair. It's not like smooth flags or anything like that. But you are looking at like a very 
crudely it's been eaten away by time and, and by a slight amount of damp that's down there and so on uh, an arch stone you know a sort of buttressed stone arch type deal it feels like someone realized that london's built on london and then tried to sort of punch a way through into a bit what i would say is it doesn't have another london vibe this is not a lived-in space it's mostly dust there aren't even dusty footprints or anything in the ground ahead of you it appears to have been undisturbed for a very long time does it open up a bit more at least yeah it does you start being able to sort of i'd say comfortably stand sort of two abreast that said occasionally i'm going to say that you're heading down this tunnel because you've got nowhere else to go one quick detail is that i will always try and have somebody in front of me even though we can spread out a little bit oh yeah that's fine yeah i'm not i'm not going to punish you for that that's common sense and yeah occasionally you'll get to one where it's like one of the arches is like imploded and there's a little bit of a scree that's built up and things like that for the most part though you just seem to be walking along a regularly vaulted stone causeway or something similar there's the occasional gap in the wall where it appears to be naturally occurring where like earth has shifted or whatever and it's opened up it seems like you're just in a very very old tunnel that no one's done anything with in a very long time but there are no alternate paths so we're not choosing a route we are following the one tunnel it looked like once upon a time it ran in both directions, but there's just been a heavy cave-in at the direction that isn't the one you're heading down. I just mean that we are, because otherwise it'd be like, are we going the right way? There are no branching paths. Was this tunnel originally built for Tesla's lightning rail? Is that how he knew about them? The lightning rail, I think, was... I thought that was uh, supposed to be like a suspended rail, but maybe not. Things that I will take from people, I'll allow knowledge history... I'll allow a knowledge nobility, and I'll allow a knowledge engineering for different insights. Ooh, knowledge engineering, that is me. That is me. Yes. Azu, are you on nobility? Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'll do history, because they're equal for me as a bonus. Oh. So. I love that you've said that in character. Azu, you're taking the nobility check, right? So I I'll... didn't say that. No, that was my <laughs> accent, not bloody West Country. <laughs> this is why we've got these voices. You're only allowed to know one thing at once. We need to dolly this out carefully. Dolly? Divvy this out, sorry. Natural 20 on knowledge and ability, which I think is like... Nice. We'll finish with you then. 24 on engineering for Skrark. Okay. And a 17 on history for me. And so? Oh, it was 19 total. Okay, cool. So starting with the knowledge history, the lightning rail thing isn't a bad call. A lot of the lightning rail had to go underground at part, so it means that if there was ever someone who would have had a survey made of all of the underground spaces in order to chart that, that would have been the case. So it makes sense that there's a logical leap of, yeah, this is someone who would know about that. You are not walking on a lightning rail, though. The reason being, from a knowledge engineering no, this is way older. You're talking, you're heading down some medieval tunnels. And I realise that it is 18... <laughs> but yeah, medieval tunnels. These are old, old tunnels. They could have been maybe retrofitted after the fact, but you're not seeing any signs of that. Um, this is proper old. And in terms of knowledge and ability... So, we're back in seminary school, and it turns out there was one topic which really caught your eye, which was... The paranoia of the British nobility and once royals. Yeah. I'm going to say that it probably caught Aziz's eye because she didn't really have a concept of nobility and royals having come from just a small village where everybody knows your name. <laughs> I'm including lords and this and so on. Okay. It was widely believed, though never proven, that there were a number of tunnels laid very early in the foundations of London to enable secret passage for various people throughout the city 
people of means, people for, you know, the odd illicit tryst, the odd shady deal made over a large, floridly furnished dining table, that kind of thing. You're looking around and going, this is someone who had an enormous amount of money a long time ago and wanted to make sure that they wouldn't be disturbed as they move around London. You reckon that you're on that, and you also reckon, because you did get a natural 20, you know that the closer to Westminster you get, the more dense these are believed to be. This might actually be a really useful little highway if you can navigate it properly to cover a good chunk of distance in a way that might not have been disturbed in hundreds of years. It's a fluke, and it's odd, but it's a thing. So, Alex, a question for you. You may remember that six and a half years ago, I wrote a formal backstory document for Hammett. Ah, yes, it was a Tuesday. I read it at 4pm. It was raining outside. (laughs) Do you, however, remember which school he went to? Why don't you enlighten us, he says with a small grin, because dots have connected. For some reason, people assume he went to Eton, but that was Bertie. Hammett went to Westminster School which I think anyone who's familiar with London geography will know is attached to Westminster Abbey and is across Parliament Square from the Houses of Parliament. And we all know that schoolboys love to explore any uh, hidden areas. Now, I don't have formal points. (laughs) I was waiting for the euphemism to stop and it just got worse. (laughs) I don't have formal points of knowledge local, but I am going to strongly argue that at the very least, the immediate area around Westminster School, Westminster Abbey, and indeed the real-life secret tunnel that exists for the choir boys from Westminster School to get into Westminster Abbey would be stuff that Hamid knows about. And therefore, I'm going to claim justification that Hamid may already know in that sense. The second that Azu points this out, you have a little light bulb moment and like, oh, oh, this, and then the, oh, good. Yes, you're totally correct. You have pinged straight into a piece of research, which is there are tunnels that connect, you know, Westminster School to Abbey. There are tunnels connecting all of the major buildings built a crazy long time ago. Can I give a slight anecdote story that goes with this? My dad did a lot of community activism and building that meant that eventually a lot of plans for redevelopment stuff were sometimes given to him to give uh, feedback on different stages and one of the things was when they were building the jubilee line there are a couple of things they wanted his comment on because he was known to be linked to a lot of different volunteer and housing activist groups and one of the things was that because there are so many secret tunnels under westminster that they didn't tell tfl about as they're trying to lay down the plans that they had to submit dozens and dozens of alternate routes and MI5 or whoever it was like that had to sign off would basically just deny different <laughs> plans and routes and wouldn't tell them why because there's a map of a lot of the secret tunnels and stuff under parliament and they just had to come up with loads and loads of different alternate plans for the station and the route for the trains so that it just yeah that's so good So what you've just described here is, congratulations, using both real-world knowledge and roles, you've dug up my research, proven to me that it all lines up, thank God, (laughs) and even the TFL angle, which I have my own in on, which is the lightning rail. I'm so proud of you all. (laughs) (laughs) You just picked up a, like, paragraph entry I wrote, like, six years ago, and just went, (laughs) what a lovely feeling. 
I am going to say that you are continuing to move down the tunnel because there's not really that many alternate options. At one point, you do notice what used to have been a side route, and that also seems to have sort of imploded from age. As you're moving, again, though, it's very, very still. There's no air movements or anything like that, and the tunnel seems to be levelling out. Can I get a survival check from everyone, please? Ooh! Cell isn't really built to survive. Oh, thank goodness for this extra, like, headband thing. <laughs> oh, no, I, and I rolled a natural one with a bonus of five, so it's already bad. You failed to survive. Let's see if everyone else survives. Rip. 18. 18? 11 for Hammond, 15 for Scrap. I rolled a two, so that's a five total. How? My bonus is three. <laughs> I mean, I rolled a 15, that's how. 18, was it? Yeah. Thank goodness. If you had to guess, you think you're broadly heading in the correct direction for Westminster? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank goodness. Helen, Helen, it's a direction check, not a are you breathing check. <laughs> <laughs> but you're already, all of you, just because there was the odd angles and so on, you're already like, we technically could be going in the wrong direction. But Zolf, you're like, I think we're still on the right direction. This is the one skill that not a single person in the party has any points in. You're really relying yeah, on Sasha being here, huh? When you plan this. Well, or Grizzle. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. Okay, cool. So, heading along the tunnel, you finally encounter a Y junction of sorts where, you know, it peels off in two directions that genuinely do seem comparatively equal in layout. What languages do people speak? Orkish, Arabic, English. English, Dwarven, Ancient Greek. Japanese, North American, Elvish, Asiatic, Gnomish, Spanish, Portuguese, English, Draconic. Arabic, Halfling, English, French, Czech, Draconic. I can't believe I'm saying this. There is sort of chipped into the stone. It looks very, very old. Some ancient Greek between the two avenues of the thing. Is it going to be a puzzle? Genuinely ancient Greek. I'm going to warn you now, it doesn't translate at all, but it looks to be a poorly assembled joke which says effectively to the toffs with an arrow sort of one way oh no and then to the weaklings to the other it looks like <laughs> judgmental yeah well that was definitely written by one of the toffs eh it basically that's the way it broadly translates there is a pun in there that's incredibly laboured and not worth the effort someone thought they were quite smart but <laughs> yep see now that you've said it's not worth the effort Alex the fans are going to reconstruct it they're going to pour over historical references for what you might be talking about it's going to come out of some old is it in Aristophanes the frogs is that where it is I will tell you now I don't speak ancient Greek, okay? So please don't message me going, I think your grammar's wrong here. I don't know, okay? <laughs> right. We have several classicists among the fans. They yeah. will come up with their own. Awesome. I look forward to seeing the alternatives they come up with. Right, two things. We need to go right, and people in charge have always been wankers. I know we knew that, but this is confirmation. Yeah. Good. All right. I've actually worked out that statistically, in order to get in charge, you are more likely to... Cell starts talking about the maths of power. <laughs> yeah. Skrark starts, not in a rude way, but Skrark has learned the dynamic of this group and starts down the right tunnel <laughs> as that conversation happens, because Cell's very good at walking and talking. Yeah. After a minute, I will turn around and go, Cell, please, shh. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe I'm actually more nervous than I realise. Okay. So this tunnel dips even lower and angles even further downwards. It appears to be in a 
worse condition than the tunnel you were in before. Again, you're not looking like, oh, if we sneeze, it's going to collapse or anything like that. But I'm just saying that the ravages of time have been a bit heavier here. It's gone a little bit more crooked, more flagstones have blown up, things like that. Blown up is where you make a perfectly level flag and then something happens which causes it to lever itself out. Can everyone please give me a perception check? 19. 20. Oh, no, 21. Sorry, maths. 25. 23 for Skrark, but a natural 20 for Hamid, so a total of 36. Hamid, you're the only one. Oh. You fall behind, not in a way I'm going to punish you for, don't worry, you fall behind temporarily, just for a moment as everyone's moving along. I'm going to say that you were checking your six, as uh, people are meant to do, etc. <laughs> and then just for a moment on the edge of your hearing, back towards the wide junction that you've now left behind, you hear ever so slightly a sort of... sort of on the wind and for just a brief moment and then a red lightsaber ignites in the darkness <laughs> and I'm going to have to leave it there <laughs> I'm going to have to now <laughs> well that occurred very good well on that then bye I'll leave it there yeah bye all bye bye <laughs> Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. theoretically one mm. could figure out by the plans that were denied where the super secret base is so that that is something that i i think i raised at the time but it's like i i don't know how many different like you you just keep sending giving them a thing and they're like oh no just a meet like they wouldn't tell them what but I'm yeah really i suppose if you to say well we actually know in my research that the super secret base is <laughs> yeah, we, we can't, guys, we can't discuss official state secrets on this podcast, or this episode will get censored by MI5, and people won't know how the plot ends. The Queen yeah. does personally check every podcast just in case. <laughs> All that British is her podcasts job. have right. to go through this process. The Queen listening to Stella Firma. <laughs> Come on, guys, we can make it out of. She's not going to like the Queen with us. knives on their heads. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com 
for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.